0: Ty's got good hair. Can I get you a sausage biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese?
3: They got one with uh, with a uh, chicken uh, chicken breast on it. Chuck, what, what, what can we get
0: you? A uh, chicken breast biscuit sounds pretty yeah.
3: good. Our, our man Lance was eating one. I think he put some jelly on it. Look, look like he. Uh, there's not any left, so I guess it's pretty good. How, How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys today?
0: We're at Hardy, so we're not. I was going to say you're doing all right. I bet it smells good in there. Oh, like
2: Grandma's house. Yeah, well, it, was, it looked like it was going to be a pretty good morning. It still is, but uh, I do have to let our audience know. I, I didn't know if you saw it. I mean, you, oh, I wasn't going to okay. say anything. Okay. <laughs> Well, so <laughs> you know me, I, I was going to uh, see if you'd fess up first. I, uh, when I drive, I don't exactly always abide by the, ste- the speed limit. I'm, I'm bad about. Are that. you a five under guy? You just I'm, always go no, below it. No, I'm, I, I try to stay within five to ten over, which is a bad habit. And for the youngins listening, I don't know who's listening at six thirty in the morning. That's uh, could learn from this. But anyone of any age should learn that they're should, all clinging to every word. Yeah, of time. they should abide by the speed limit. So I'm driving a no joke. I am. A, not even a quarter mile from the Hardys, and you're not even a sand wedge yes, from the Hardys. And lights, blue lights go on behind me, and I looked down and I uh, was going about twelve to fifteen over at this point. So That's I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just trying to get there and make sure everything's set up. Chuck, you know how it is in the radio business. You want to make sure everything's set up. and All the now bi- you weren't late lady. because I
3: got here at six minutes after five, and you were already getting a little. So what happened? Visitation.
2: Well, I got what pulled happened? over, and uh, the, the police officer uh, asked me, "Sir, do you know why I pulled you over?" And I looked, and I was like, "I think I was going over." So I clocked it about twelve over. Uh, he goes back. I give the uh, I give the license. I give her. I had to finagle the registration, finagle the, uh, what else do you have to give him? The insurance. Insurance, all that jazz. Uh, we got to get that updated, by the way. And I gave it to him, <laughs> and he goes back, he goes back to the car. So I'm thinking, I'm about to get a ticket. And I was literally, no, like Tommy said, a sandwich away. Well, oh, I'm so sitting he, here watching,
3: drinking my coffee, watching you.
2: He, he looks at me. He's like, do you work for the radio station? I said, yes, sir. I, I always use sir with people that are older than me and <laughs> police officers. Or they can write you a ticket. Yeah, man. or judges or whatever. People of esteemed importance. So he comes back and said, listen, Ty, just drive slower. I'm going to give you a warning. I love the show. Thanks. And then yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: So more station rig. Were you in the station yes. ride? Wow. Was in the station rig and still got Oh, wow. he just wanted to see who was well, driving it. He wanted dude, to see if he could meet Ty Richardson. The reason <laughs> <laughs> Well he did, so uh, yeah, I'm sure it was, it was the thrill of his not
2: day. Not the uh, not probably in the circumstances he wanted, but oh, I do remember it. I do remember Chuck when we were in the Harrison Mount Nome area and Tommy got pulled over with a bunch of us and you got a ticket that day didn't you had expired tags and didn't he write you a ticket he did you didn't get a warning no so the moral of the story is Chuck didn't know I had expired tags I was glad he reminded me the again the conclusion of this is when a cop pulled Tommy over and he did something wrong he gave him a ticket but when I did something wrong and he met me I didn't get anything out of it. So what's, what's right, the you conclusion? You got a lot of yeah. stroke. You yeah, got yeah, a lot of stroke, Todd. I'm f- not, not as famous start. as you, Todd. You're where, start. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I landed. That's yeah. where my conclusion yeah. came. But, uh, again, that, I thought my morning was going to get off to a rough start, but luckily he took mercy. He took some condolences on me and uh, we just got a warning out of that. But we do need good well, for you. And you know he's told all
0: his friends, all, uh, 100%. His, uh, yeah. all his colleagues, that, uh, hey, I got to meet Ty Richardson this morning. He'll use that I at gave the bar him a this break. weekend.
2: 100%. I gave him a break. <laughs> he <laughs> said, and, and the great thing, and Chase and flippin who texted in this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, brings up an excellent point. If I would have actually received a ticket, I expense that. I'm not paying for that. Expense that. Station vehicle on the way to work. No chance. Yeah, you try to pull that that off. Yeah, try to pull that one off. No chance I would pay that. But luckily again, just got a warning, so we're all good. We are all good this morning. We're glad to hear it. I I was wondering I wasn't gonna you know I was kinda pulling the dad trick. I I
3: saw what happened, but I wasn't gonna say anything. I was gonna just see if you I would have
0: walked out and and (laughs) waved. Hey man. Show is about to start. What I what,
3: what I could have done is pulled up next to the uh, the police officer there and said you might want to uh, do a body search or something with this guy. Oh
2: God, <laughs> a cavity search? <laughs> uh, luckily, I've never. He had far. <laughs> luckily, I haven't never uh, had near to got one of one of those. Thank the Lord. All right, starting tomorrow, we are two weeks out from Razorback football. We were talking, Chuck. We were talking about Dan Enos a little bit earlier. I saw this stat. I think Andrew Hutchinson had this, uh, comparing year one under Dan Enos compared to the previous year. And in many of his stops at Arkansas, Alabama, his first stop at Arkansas, Alabama, Miami, and Maryland. The team improved offensively. Now, Arkansas nearly went up 14 points from 2014 to 2015. I don't know if they'll do that this year because they were good offensively last year. They averaged 33 points a game. That was top 35 in in college football. But with a a guy that's, again, a super senior in K.J. Jefferson, I know they've got new offensive pieces, but he maybe got the best running back in the SEC. Could you see them even expand on that? this year, where they go for, may, maybe become a, a top 10 offense in college football?
0: Well, I don't know about the numbers. I don't know how the numbers are all going to shake out. I, I don't I don't pay as much attention to top 10 stats maybe as some do. But I do think this is an offense that's going to score points. And that's what matters most. Uh, that's the stat line that's most important. I think they'll average points. I think they'll score. Look, Enos is a ball coach. That's what he does. He's led a nomad's life, just like a lot of coaches do. He's been here and there and everywhere. And he's a ball coach. And everywhere he goes, he coaches them up. And they get better. That's what a good coach does. And that's been his M.O. every place that he's gone. So I think Arkansas is going to have a good offense. Um, I remember what it was like when he was here before. Uh, The common denominator has to be a great offensive line. That's what they had here before when Enos was here. They had a really good offensive line. And you've got to be able to do that again. If they do, uh, I think the offense will improve. Uh, And, and, you know, again, are they going to be in the top ten statistically? I don't know. But I think they're going to score enough points to win the vast majority of their games. If they can stop the other guys from scoring, I think they're going to have a good record. Here's the other tentacle of this. Tommy, when you look on the other side of the football,
2: defense last year averaged 30 points given up a game. Surely that number is going to go down this year. That would be the expectation, right? Well, I mean, the they they bet in your win total probably not going to go
0: yeah, well. well. That's the stat. That here's, 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 here's the thing. All these numbers are just averages. They're averages. And you have to remember that. An average can go out the window in a critical situation in a conference game. When the game's on the line in the fourth quarter, what your average is doesn't matter anymore. And so I think that, you know, we can get caught up in some of this stuff sometimes because it's, it's, you know, it's easy to cite. But I want to know how they're going to be able to do in those half dozen plays that separate the season. And, you know, regardless of what their averages look like, can they make those plays? If they can, we're going to have a good year. Yeah, I mean, because you you know we, we continue
3: to focus on those four games that were decided by nine points. That's that's where the game comes down to a play or two. And generally, did you settle for a field goal or did you score the touchdown? Did you turn the ball over in the red zone or did you get stopped at the three yard line? I mean, it's those one or two plays that, like you're saying, Chuck, average doesn't matter when it's when it's uh, fourth and goal at the one. Do you get it in or not? It doesn't matter what your average yards per carry is at that point. Well,
0: now it is a good indicator. I'm. Not saying it doesn't matter um, if you're a team that averages a yard and a half a carry and it's third and three well you better not run the ball um, so you know averages do matter they do give you an indication about what someone can do or what a team can do but sometimes they can also mislead and I think uh, regardless of where they fall in the national stats when it's all said and done um, I would expect this to be a good offense
2: what do you think 877-377-6963? That is our McClarty Daniel hotline. I do want to get into some college football discussion. Coming up, Ross Dellinger reporting that the college football playoff committee and the uh, the commissioners and the conference is going to meet at the end of this month. I know that's something we've we we've jumped into a little bit, but back to again those important plays that we're talking about red zone deficiency was something that Arkansas really unfortunately was a part of last year and Chuck how much of that do you think was because of the basically two and a half games that we got from KJ or didn't get from KJ because in the Liberty game he was was not healthy and then you just didn't get much out of Ford and and Malik Hornsby and Mississippi State and LSU how much of that was just not having KJ out there fully healthy
0: it was part of it but I think the biggest part was uh, they were not physical enough up front You know, sometimes when it's third and short and you've got a great player like K.J., there's a tendency to think, well, K.J.'s going to make the play. You know, K.J.'s going to make the play. And, you know, you've got to have the guys up front. And I thought that was the common denominator, whether it was K.J., whether it was Hornsby, whether it was Fortin, whoever was out there. Uh, That's why they didn't convert in the red zone. Um, It's because you just were not physical enough up front. That's... um, You know, you can let a player like K.J. take over inside the red zone, and there's no doubt. I mean, that's a weapon that very, very few teams have. But you still got to block them up. And they didn't do that as much last year as they did the year before.
2: Tommy, do you think if, uh, let's say that Devin Manuel isn't going again this Saturday and Andrew Shambly struggles, and let's say Manuel's timeline is a little longer than maybe the coaches expect or we expect, could you see them shifting around the offensive line to do what Chuck's talking about is – be better than they were last year especially at that left tackle position which we know is all too important on the offensive well, line I, I, that'd be hard for me to answer I mean
3: would they make moves to get get prepared for game one yes but what you do in game one you know depending on the severity of the injury I mean there's injuries come in a variety of sizes and shapes too um, you know if we're talking about a guy missing one game versus a month I think your your response to that as a coach is probably different Chuck
0: well you know the one thing to think about if, if, if Manuel can't go and, and I don't know if he can or not. I don't know if he's going to scrimmage tomorrow or not. If he can't, well, yeah, you're going to move some guys around. Maybe not because that's what you're going to do in the first game, but you're just doing it to get through the scrimmage. Right. You know, you got to move guys around just to get 105 plays in. So, yeah, I, you know, if Manuel can't go, will they move tomorrow? Of course they will. But that doesn't mean they're going to do it the first game. But what it does mean is that if they have to do it, whether it be the first game or the fifth game or the eighth game, if they have to do it, and these guys are successful, they're going to talk about the early part of camp. That's what they're going to talk about. So this is valuable work for these guys. It's valuable. You know, if Manuel can't go, and I hope he can, but if he can't, it's valuable to have Crawford play a couple of spots it it it's probably valuable to have some of the others move spots too so that's probably you know if guys go down with injuries during the year you don't always have the luxury of okay this guy got hurt but we got a solid number two right here Mm -hmm. sometimes it's the spot where well we're not quite so sure we may have to move this guy so what what they're doing right now is 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 the natural thing that you do in practice and if it comes to the point where you have to do it again in a game, well, you, you know, you've done it a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, they'll move around some tomorrow if Manuel can't go. But but I wouldn't read a lot into it in terms of what they're going to do in the first game.
3: Yeah, and I bet they've done some of that already this week. In well, practice, I'm sure they. Leading up well, I'm sure it, they so. do it every day. Right. I'm sure right. they do it every day. So it won't be like it'd be brand new. Hey. You know, wake up Saturday morning, and we're going mm-hmm. we're going to shuffle the deck again. So, but you know, you got to be ready. Where hey, if it, if it comes up against BYU or LSU, you know the combination you put out there, you don't want it to be the first time you've done it. That that would be a dire set of circumstances. So that's what these opportunities provide in practice.
2: Yeah, and again, these scrim- having the chance to, to scrimmage like it's not initially a normal game, but having that opportunity to set yourself up, like every other coach has had, is a, an indicator. Yeah. So I saw the stat yesterday that since November 8 of 2015, only four teams have been ranked number one in the AP poll. Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama Crimson Tide, the Clemson Tigers, and the LSU Tigers. Since what year? Four teams. 2015. Wow. Ohio State, if you remember, one of the, the sure. 2014 first inaugural college football playoff. Now, think about it. the only title the Big Ten's had. What'd you say? 17 years the other day. Yeah, this is uh, it's of the 16 and 17 college. I think it's I think it's 16 and 17 last games. Big Ten's won that one. Yeah. that's the only one. Ohio State's been there a couple times, but. It's gotten demolished. In 1981 alone, there were seven teams that made the number one. So, guys, outside of LSU, Clemson, Georgia, and Bama, who has the best chance to get back on top? For me, I know – That this might get pushed back. I think it's USC. I'm not a buyer in Michigan. I think Harbaugh is on his way out at some point. They might make it back to the college football playoff. I think they're actually probably going to beat Ohio State this year in the big house. But I just think Caleb Williams and company, they have a a softer schedule. This is prior to them making the Big Ten in the last year, the Pac-12. I don't know if USC necessarily wins the national championship because they don't have the all-around talent, but I think USC has the best chance to get back to number one.
0: Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't think USC plays enough defense. I don't think Lincoln Riley's teams play defense. And they may get, you know, they may get close, but I don't think they can win the national championship. Um, You know, in that group, um, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, who was the other one? LSU. LSU. Um, If you're asking me to pick one team that's going to finish ahead of all of them, I don't think they're out there. But your
3: stat was just teams being number one at any point, right? Any point, At any point. So who this year could be number one? I mean, that would take Georgia surprisingly losing in the regular season. We look at their schedule and we, you know, call it soft is is nice in most people's estimates. I don't know how, you know, unless Georgia just – and they could slip on the banana peel one week. They could not be ready, but – who amongst those other groups? Now, you obviously, got Michigan and Ohio State poised in the in the two polls now. To uh, they're the two teams
0: that have the best chance right. to be number one, I would think. One of those two teams, if Georgia loses, would not surprise me at all. Right. if They're number one, but and they might win it all, but I don't think so. If you had to pick an SEC team outside of those three, I would
2: pick Tennessee because I I think Tennessee's going to beat Georgia coming up in November. They play an SEC schedule. they got a soft non-conference Power 5 game against Virginia. I I think the Volunteers might be a team that could make it to number one outside of that. What about
3: Texas? If they beat Alabama and they continue to win, could they find their way there?
0: Texas is a brand. If Texas is unbeaten, Texas will get the benefit of the doubt. If they win in Tuscaloosa and they're five and zero, oh, say you know down the road, yeah, I could see Texas being number one. I don't think they're going to win at Tuscaloosa, but if they do, um, you know, certainly, certainly they would, they would be a candidate.
2: So crazy that they they haven't won the Big Twelve since 2009. I mean, you think about how much how much pride they have in their program, and it's they have not won the Big Twelve since 2009. They still have. Well, they don't
0: dominate. They don't dominate recruiting in that state anymore, like they once did. That's the reason Um, Texas A and M passed them when they moved to the SEC and Johnny Football came in, and all of a sudden they were a national brand. Texas A and M passed them, and hey, these other schools in the Big Twelve now um you know i'm not saying they're going to win national championships but but they're they win that conference, and you know the talent level in that league is not what it once was in terms of Texas's dominance. And I think that's the biggest reason right there. They just do not dominate in-state recruiting the way they once did.
3: I'll be interested to see what kind of follow-up season TCU has after uh, the slipper nearly fitting last year. What kind of year will they have on the
2: heels of that? They lost a lot. I remember looking at their roster compared to last year, of course, most notably their quarterback. So yeah. It's hard to place that. Well, it all gets underway two weeks from
3: tomorrow for most of us, and fall camping is going to be right on the heels of football season starting. The folks at Razorback Camper Sales are ready for you. Not only do they have a huge selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, and pop-ups, but they also have full prep and setup. Boy, is that important because you want to know exactly how to use what you got, and they'll do that at no extra cost. So you can leave the lot and start camping immediately. Access to a to a great parts and service department. Razorback Camper Sales is the oldest family owner. RV dealer in Arkansas. They've been doing it for more than 50 years. So find out why all your friends and neighbors around Hot Springs and Southwest Arkansas are all happy campers. Go see them in Hot Springs at Razorback Camper Sales or online at RazorbackCampersales.com We're
2: going to hear some more from Dan Enos coming up. And again, I do want to get into that college football playoff discussion because I think it's important, the fact that they can be changing up the formula. And we were talking about how quick this maybe could happen. Guys, we might have a new answer at the tail end of this
0: month, it looks like, according to uh, the recent report. You're right. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've talked about the two plans that he has, not uh, you know, that he's reported on. Um, one of them involves highest-seeded conference champions, and the other involves just seeding them one through 12, which is what I think is going to happen. I sure just wish they'd take the best teams and put them in, right? let's well, get the I 12 best teams in the yeah. I think I, I, there's too much uncertainty right now. You don't even know how all the conferences are going to look. Six months from now, you, you don't know how all the conferences are going to look. How can you sit here and say, okay, we're going to take this many, you know, the highest-ranked conference champions out of this pool of conference? We don't know how many they're going to be. It,
3: the only certainty of conferences seems to be the Big Ten of the SEC. Everything else as far as the quality or even the existence of a conference right. is up in the air. They're talking about it. Well,
0: and, and, and the second, you know, the, the, the second or third-place team in the SEC or Big 12, or the SEC or Big Ten, may be better than the team that, w- that, that that wins the Big 12, certainly that wins the ACC. How can you put those teams above them? If you're going to make this fair, you've got to see them 1 through 12 and throw conferences out the window.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, uh, again, I, back, why don't we just put the 12 best teams in the country in there? Now, That's who a, We're determines not what?
0: determining the best yeah. conference. We're right. determining the best team That's in the I'm playoff. Saying. And if you're going to do that, you've got to have the 12 best.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a, again up for uh, up for debate if that ends up happening. So we'll have to to wait and see on that. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, go into the lake, go into the beach, and if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get fifty percent off your order right now using the code. HTL 50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL 50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right. With Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL 50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL 50 and get 50% off.
1: Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877 377 6963 mcclarty daniel a vehicle for every lifestyle when you're looking for a new car you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust you've probably heard that McCarty daniel means making deals but what i'm inspired by the most is that McCarty daniel means making a difference in our community when you buy a vehicle with McCarty daniel you reinvest right here in the community in our schools in our little leagues in our food banks and our people so you're not just making a purchase you're making a difference too Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
2: your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.
1: Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, you kind of got to it a little bit earlier, but the
2: with the Pac-12 not existing or what we have of the Pac-12 not existing, you have to think about the the revenue distributing to Power Five conferences, which now it's changing to Power Four. You have to think about what kind of revenue, let's say the Pac-12 adds a bunch of Mountain West schools what those what the league receives relative to the big 10 the sec that's something else that's going to be brought up and not at not just the how they're going to go about putting the 12 teams in but how the revenue was set and how it might need to change now with the pac-12 either ceasing to exist or a shell of what it was
0: i'm not sure i'm following you there are you saying that Teams within the 12-team playoff should get more revenue than other teams in the 12-team playoff? That is, that is something that Ross Dellinger and
2: several other college football people are talking about and the conference I don't see that happening.
0: I don't see that happening. I think if you're in the 12 team playoff, you're entitled to an equal distribution of the wealth. Well, if well you make it to the 12, that's 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 the reason I think they ought uh, they should operate independently. What what they're saying and I, I don't know if I
2: disagree with you on the independent aspect because I think it would be better if you just had the the college football playoff committee deciding this even though they have allegiances to certain schools is like Big 10 for example, now up to what is it 18 or 20 schools? I've lost count. They keep adding teams. They became 18 with the two Southerners. I think point? it's 20
3: now. But they're you know. talking yeah. about,
2: again, the change to represent the league's member schools, the revenue distribution because of how many schools are in each conference trying to reflect that in this
0: discussion. That's Well, the point uh, that, you're going to have greater distribution of the big conferences based on the number of teams you have in. I mean, if everybody gets a, you know, and, and I'm speaking off the top of my head here, but if you know, if everybody gets a similar or equal cut out of the 12 and your league has four teams in and the other one's got one, well, you're going to get a lot more money. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's going to be unequal distribution of the wealth, but I don't think there needs to be, needs to be a formula to reward the bigger conferences. Their rewards are going to be having more teams in there.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it's pretty simple. If I'm on the committee or they're giving me the hammer to make the decision, each slot is worth X number X millions of dollars. First round games, each team, their conference is going to get a check for, you know, whatever that is. I, I do think that the later rounds that are, you play, the you know, those games should have more value because they are more valuable. Uh, you know, so championship games should reward that conference uh,
2: with that distribution more than, than a first round game. So that's how I would do it. Well, that's just, again, that's not one of the things they're meeting about in this instance. Again, it's not just to decide the whether it's the 12 highest ranked teams or that. That's one of the several factors. Originally, this meeting, it was, Ross was writing about, it was going to be about ticket distribution, lodging, and other just kind of tedious stuff. But because of the Pac-12 basically expiring to this point, they're having to change up what their original plan was at the end of this month.
3: No, you're right. That's, that, that's you know, exactly what they're doing. They've just got to put it, you know, again, I, go back to what Chuck said. If you just let the conference commissioners decide, boy, it's just going to be a, a, a wrestling match in there for everybody who wins, who, whose will overpowers the other to get their conference the the best deal. Because, I mean, I hope Greg Sankey's in there lobbying for the best deal for the SEC. If he's not, then what's wrong? Uh, that, that's his job. Well, that's what at, Chuck's at, point I is. I know. At Chuck's point is everybody's provincial and everybody's looking out for their own interest. You know,
0: but someone's got to look out for your interest, too. you know. Well, I think, again, if you've got the right people on that college football committee, um, they're not going to be swayed by things like that. And I don't even think they should be put in the position to be swayed like that, at least publicly. Um, you know, put the 12 best teams in there. That's what America wants. To me, it's, to me, it's not complicated. Now, I'm sure to everybody else it is, but to me it's not. But
3: I can hear someone right now yelling at their dashboard, well, Chuck, who are the 12 best teams and who decides that? How
2: do we know who the 12 yeah, best they, teams are? Here's what needs to happen. this football they, playoff. No, community. that's – the, it's, it's their not, playoff. It's their playoff. They, they that's run not, it. Okay, that's right. That, that is right. But to tell me that they know the 12 best teams is not right. The formula we had – you going to tell me you do? No. Are you going to tell B, me you do? No, here's what the correct answer is. The BCS formula that we had should be utilized – for the 12 best teams. All they'd have to do is expand that formula which it combines a bunch of different things so it's not weighted too much. Okay, by well a let's do that It's not going to happen. That's fine, do it. Big wigs it. take Once big wigs get the power, they're not giving up. You know that, Chuck. That is the proper way that this should go, but it's not I going think- to. I
0: I think you're breaking it down into really simplistic terms. You have no idea what kind of computer model they will use. The idea that they would not, you know, I mean, we're drifting off into the weeds here, but the idea that they would not use a computer model, of course they will. Of course they will. Of course there's going to be analytics involved in this. They're, 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 frankly, there are probably more numbers to be broken down now than there were even in the BCS era and ways to do it. So they're going to have computer models.
3: The whole reason we got computer models is because those 65 pollsters didn't know what they were doing. So then we bring in computer I mean, models. We well, now the computer, that, yeah. doesn't, now the computer yeah. doesn't know what it's doing. Okay, I so mean, now let's can, have a BCS model where we take the polls and the computers and we, we lump them together. So, I mean, I whatever system is people devised, said, people are going to
0: complain about that's it. That's right. I can remember when people thought computer rankings were the worst thing that's ever happened to college football. And now the pendulum swung back because there is no perfect way. Oh, a, there is no a... perfect way, but 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 the closest you can get to it is to use whatever formula you're going to come up with to find the 12 best teams. Now, is somebody going to be left out? Well, sure, they always are. It's how it works. Yeah. Somebody's going to be mad when it's over. But if that's the way that they do it, I think college football is going to be at its most healthy. Yeah. So no here's the... the deal, guys. We can talk about how great it's gonna to be to have 12 teams in the playoff. It'll take about five years before we'll talk about how these first round games aren't as much fun as the second and third round. It, it's, it, it's not gonna take very long for us to demand even more. Um, oh, yeah. I think if you find a way to get the 12 best teams in, the, do the best you can to get them, you'll have a great tournament every year. Yeah
3: but I, I do think if you're talking are you talking about the conversation of expanding from 12 to a bigger number is that what you were saying make sure Me? i understood yeah no, I'm not talking okay. about expanding to a bigger number. No. Okay, because as we evolve, I think that I think that conversation's coming too. I mean, what because you're going to have because you're going to have no divisions pretty much in in these conferences, so less chances to win some kind of championship, some kind well, of title. Some, yeah, I think there's going to be a, a desire and appetite to have more seats at the table because the the validation of good or bad is going to be are you in this if playoff? If the games
0: are good, if the games are good, if we go through this for five years and you got some twelve seeds winning ball games. 11 seeds in ball games yeah there, there might be a call to expand but if you my suspicion is what's gonna happen is you're gonna have such a consolidation of power that the debate is going to be is the 12th the best team this team from the Big Ten or the SEC or is it from that or is it that team from the SEC or the Big Ten um, I think you know. I think that's 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 where a lot of the debate will end up being when the in the in the final analysis. There shouldn't really be a debate at this point. I mean, when
2: you have the stats to back up that 16 of the 17 years a team from outside the Big Ten has won the championship, no one or not that's, won the that's championship. That's not what I'm
0: saying. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, I'm no. Saying no the, I, I'm saying the debate's going to be between teams that are within the conferences.
2: But uh, what I'm saying is the nod should be given to the SEC because of stats like that. The Big Ten doesn't have any leg to stand. They could talk about adding Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA, but that still hasn't produced chance, or I guess we'll
0: have to wait That's and see on That's a different that. point. That's a different point.
2: But you're talking, okay, you're ad- you're advocating for if it's an SEC team against the Big Ten team and it's close, no, it's neck no. and neck.
0: No, you're, no, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying, Todd. What I'm saying is I think the debate will involve, like, is it LSU or is it Tennessee. Is it Ohio State, or is it the third best team in the Big Ten, Wisconsin? I think you'll have debates about which teams to take within Within a specific conference. I'm not talking about pitting an SEC against Big Ten. It might come down to that. But I think there will be debates about the top 12 teams, and it'll involve... Perhaps at the finish line, the debate will be about two teams in the same conference. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, you look at what they've done previously. You think about how Penn State fans feel like they got hosed after winning the Big Ten, beating Ohio State, and Ohio State gets to the college football playoff, wins it all. That's the brand, though. When you have teams that aren't necessarily – going up against the top-tier brands like it's that second tier, then it's going to be more difficult. Because more often than not, they're going to probably put the team that has the brand and has the TV recognition. But to your point, if it's like Wisconsin and Penn State, who are both strong but not Ohio State, not Michigan, football brands, that's going to be a more difficult discussion. I think also what Chuck is
3: saying, and correct me if I'm I'm misrepresenting here, it could come down to Arkansas and Ole Miss to be the 10 seed on this bracket.
0: Well, yeah, and, and right, or, or 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 it could be you know Mississippi State and LSU. It could right. be Wisconsin and Purdue. I, I I mean, who knows? The top will take care of itself. It's I'm the not hitting SEC against Big Twelve. I'm not talking about brands. I, I I I'm not talking about that. That's a whole different point. I'm saying that I think there will be teams within the same league right. that are vying for the last one or two spots. That's what I'm saying. If
3: you
2: go with the best twelve
3: model, you know.
0: right. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: Because of the depth of the So will the they
2: – do you all think they will at the end of this month? Do you think they decide, decide at the end of this month? Because we talked about this being an expedited decision. I didn't think it would happen before two thousand. I think it will happen before the end of the season. I don't think it will happen before the end of the month. You don't think it will happen this month. Okay. What do you think, Chuck?
0: Oh, I think it's going to happen. When it's going to happen, I don't know. I wouldn't put a deadline on it. Um, I don't know how you can – I don't know how you can say any more than three at the max four conference champions right now get automatic bids. And I suspect a year from now, it, it, we may be down to three. So, I, I mean, I, I just, um, I, don't, I don't know how you can guarantee a conference champion anything at this point. I just, I, I just think the imbalance, the competitive imbalance that we've all dreaded is coming. I mean, it is coming. That's what all this is going to result in, is real competitive imbalance, in my opinion. Um, But I just think that the 12 best teams is the best way to do it. Now, what they'll do, it's going to be hard to pull that off with every conference commissioner in that room. It's going to be hard to pull that off. What the timeline is, you know, it'll be within the next year, I'm sure of that.
2: Tommy, I don't know if you saw Taylor Swift turn down to play the Super Bowl once again. Did you happen to to see that at any, in any in the headlines this week? Well, I uh, I do not follow all the Taylor Swift news. Uh, I depend on you to keep well, me updated. Did you did you call your friend to see if he would do it pro bono? I know they get their lodging <laughs> and stuff paid for, but you've advocated for Garth Brooks to play that. I just time don't to do time. country
3: at halftime. I think Garth would, you know, would be great, but I Yeah, you know, to me that's like the if you're a musician, be if you're guard. an artist, it's, it's not going to be, be guard. guard. They just don't go that, that genre, but... Uh, that's
0: like one
3: of the ultimate things to do is get to perform halftime at the Super Bowl, right?
0: I would think so. Super Bowl's Bowl's too small of an event for Taylor Swift. She's too (laughs) big for the Super Bowl. (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) Oh, man, I did, uh,
2: I I was listening yesterday, Chuck. I was listening to Zach and Derek interrogate you about Britney Spears and uh, advocating for me maybe taking her off her ex-husband hands, but after I heard that she hit him while he was sleeping, I'm going to steer away from that. That's the only reason I'm not. Going to pursue that relationship, but oh, no that's the only one. Chuck, who do you think hey. if, if you're shot, man? Yeah, I'm not a blonde guy, I'm a brunette guy, but who do you think would be like you? N- Garth's not going to do it. Who would be someone that... Garth's not going to get asked to do it. You don't... Why do you think he's not going to get asked? Because they don't... I mean, they don't put country artists on it at the halftime of the Super Bowl. They just don't do it. Well, they... What is the idea that you insinuated that you're trying to get in another audience and you have that audience already? You're trying to... You've got a pretty good male audience at that point. They're not going trying, with
0: a country star. No. They just They're don't not going do with it. country
3: star. So someone... I mean, the, the idea of Taylor Swift is... Is down the right
2: path. She's just like I think Chuck said it perfectly. She's too big for the Super Bowl. <laughs> that point, yeah. I it's crazy how much she is uh, she has sold out. Do you know any Taylor Swift songs, Chuck? Could you name no, a single I don't one? Know any of
0: them. No, I
3: know this. Any. Tickets for her, her for her concerts for next fall have already been on sale and sold out.
2: Fourteen Next fi- fall?
3: Fourteen, fifteen months of demand. Did advance.
2: you have to uh, did you have
0: to pull no. the
3: trigger on one of those? No, but uh, you know, just uh, it's amazing the demand there is for her right now. What
0: do you think the biggest you demand? know what? Oh. Hey, hang on just a second. You take all the shows on this radio station and you count up the times Taylor Swift's been said the last six months and the times Super Bowl's been said the last six months. It's about fifteen to one. I mean, you know, maybe she's more, maybe the more Super than Bowl right now. She yeah. is. Yeah, I, I'm not advocating for her. I couldn't care less if you want to know the truth. But I'm just calling it like I see it. I mean, she's the biggest star in the world.
2: Oh. Tickets hot right now. Uh, you, you you lucked out not having to pay for one of those, it sounds like. Well, I think any time you uh, go to a show like that, you, you know, thousand a seat or whatever you're going to pay, it's uh – it is ridiculous. So what is the what is the hottest ticket for Arkansas sports in 2023? Is it that Duke game? Does a, oh, there's a, no a basketball game surpass a football game?
3: There's no question. I think the hardest ticket, the hottest ticket will be no, was it November 29th or whatever that Wednesday night is. That will be the hardest seat to get this year.
2: You, I, I guess the only thing that you could compare is if they came back from the road trip and beat Alabama – and Mississippi no, because State there's 80,000
3: availabilities that, in football. That's there's, fair. There's, compared 19,000 in the basketball arena, that will be the hardest ticket in Fayetteville. I mean, you could probably say some of the uh, some of the baseball postseason that's happened would were hard to get. But this will be as hard to get as since we've seen since UNLB came 30 years ago. Chuck, what did
2: you have? 50 or 75 extra? I forgot what you told me the <laughs> other day.
3: Yeah. What's, what's number? Yeah. We have all
0: been spoken for. I promise yeah. you that, man. Already, <laughs> hey, I've come on s- to trim the list. Uh,
3: yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really got to get on that list. B- bigger than top 12 in, in college That's football. Right. Sure. That's
0: exactly right. Exactly. we harder to do this than make the college football playoff, man. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to
4: $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today.
1: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know you guys are excited about this upcoming season. 15
2: days out. Two weeks from tomorrow, we'll see these guys in War Memorial Stadium. Dan Enos with us yesterday. You can find it on hitthatline.com and YouTube as well. Here's what Coach Enos had to say about KJ really improving his footwork in the pocket. I
0: think that your footwork is tied into your accuracy, which is tied into your balance, which is tied into your eyes. And it's so important in this position that your eyes and feet are doing the right things. And I'm really, really big on training the feet. And we do a lot of different things with their feet because they have to play instinctively with their feet. They're not in the game thinking about what their feet should be doing. They're either doing it or they're not doing it. Tommy, I, mean, I
2: know you've talked about the intermediate passes he would like to see improve, and one of the things that you've at least heard is that's kind of an element that he's been working on has looked better this fall camp. Now
3: you hear that. I mean, you hear Dan Enos. He kind of played it off in, in his press conference yesterday, and uh, I don't know if he's just, you know, making sure everything sounds right for his guy, Chuck, or if, uh, if he's noticed improvement, but he he basically framed it from the way I heard him say, you know, hey, I didn't notice anything wrong with K.J.'s intermediate
0: passing game. I think they're very comfortable with him. Um, you know, I, I just think they're confident in every aspect of his game. We can nitpick, and nobody's perfect. And, you know, KJ, you know, if he was a NFL first-round pick, he'd already have gone. So, I mean, you know, I think we know what we've got. I think they know what they've got. I think also, too, that when you look at Enos and what they actually do and, and you know, go beyond the generalities – um the short passing game is a big part of what he does and you know that's that's going to be how they utilize rocket a good bit how they utilize satania maybe how they utilize some of these big guys too so um kj will be fine in that area i think they're very comfortable with him i I don't uh i don't feel like they think that there are aspects to his game that they need to come in and overhaul they need to refine what's there Saw the women's soccer team won 6-0 against
2: Arkansas State last night. Colby Hale's uh, squad scored within the first five minutes. Didn't look back. Got their first win in, in Razorback Stadium. I know I had some people that were in attendance last night. Starting off strong this season. Again, top ten preseason ranked team. Number one in the SEC preseason. Should be another good year in Razorback Stadium. Yeah, first athletic Razorback
3: event on Cagle. campus. Razorback, yeah. Razorback field. field. Sorry. Yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. First Razorback event for uh, for this school year, for this fiscal year. So uh, things are underway. You were remarking Colby yesterday. Colby Hale's a
0: good coach. Colby Hale's a good coach. Now um, there's a model of consistency that's been built there. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, you were Chuck. You were just remarking.
2: It's weird that I mean classes had not even started yet. <laughs> they've got a they've got a game already that
0: happened this week. Yeah, I mean you don't have. Uh, I guess, you know, this is this is a regular occurrence in, in soccer. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not the first time it's happened, but yeah, it is kind of unusual. You're right. Well, that is gonna do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you
2: by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You
4: don't have to put up with any malarkey.
2: Call Eight Sparky. Alright, seven forty seven here. We're live at Hardy's dollar forty nine sausage biscuits throughout the Fort Smith and Salisaw locations. Chuck Barrett, Tommy Kraft, Ty Richardson, and also our friend Sean from the Fence Man who joins us this morning. Sean, what are you gonna eat this morning, man? What sounds good to what well, sounds good to you? It's rumbling in the tummy this morning.
3: Man, they got so much to choose from here; it's, it's insane. I pulled up here and I was looking at all the posters and the, between the ham and cheese and the biscuit. I just think I'm, I'm like you. Yeah, I might just pick up a couple biscuits. But uh, there you go. You know, I'm supposed to go meet my mom for breakfast, so uh, maybe I'll bring her a couple
2: biscuits. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. All right, let's get into it. Fence Man Friday pick starts right
1: now. Fenceman Friday Picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work.
2: Right, we're going to start with one of the better rivalries in baseball when the Boston Red Sox take on the, the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium later on tonight. Chuck, I know the, the Cardinals and Cubs is right in the middle of your heart, but this is a good one. Who are you taking tonight between the or excuse me the, the Yankees and the Red Sox?
0: Where are they playing this at, Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium, Chuck. I'm going to go with the Red Sox. Red Sox are playing well right now. The Yankees are in the cellar. The Yankees are in the cellar, so I'm going to go with the Bo Sox to win this series. Taylor at the
2: bottom of the list. It's weird seeing the worlds up at the top of the AL East, but that's how it is shaking out at this point. Yep. What do you think, Tommy? Boston. Boston? I'm going to take the Yankees as well, Chuck. What do you think, Sean? You're all alone, brother. Yeah, you're all alone. I'm taking the Red Sox. Oh, you took the Red Sox? I guess my brain's foggy. (laughs) 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 Thanks for listening. Thanks for paying attention. If i want to be ignored,
0: I'll just stay home. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Brain's foggy this morning. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. Let's go to St. Louis. Let's go to Bush Stadium. Unfortunately, another seller team, St. Louis Cardinals. They're hosting the New York Mets this weekend. Do they salvage and get a series win this weekend, Chuck?
0: Well it's a four game set. The Mets took game one last night. I'm going with a split. Nobody wins. I'll take the card. Can I pick a split? Can I pick, you can a, split? pick a split? If you want to pick right. a split you can pick a split I'm going with a split. It's gonna be it's a, a card- four game split.
2: Cardinals win three straight, in Tommy's yep. opinion. Yep. What about your opinion, Sean? I'm taking the cards all the way. I'll take a split as sure. well. I think that the Cardinals win the next two and the Mets get
0: game four. I hope for a split. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, Mets aren't any good either, right? Aren't they terrible too? Well, I don't know that I'd say terrible. They're they're not as bad as the Cardinals. They won last night.
2: 56-66, and 66. yeah. It's not great either. All right, last game we're picking here on our Fence Man Friday picks, the Royals at Chicago. This weekend, Tommy. Who do you like? in the Kansas City heading to Chicago. Take on the Cubs. Uh
3: the Cubbies or the White Sox. The, the, interdivision. I bet it's uh, give me Chicago. It's interleague.
0: No. Oh, it's, it's inter-league? Inter-league. It is the Cubs. Okay, Cubs at so. Wrigley against the Royals. Play this afternoon. Right.
2: Uh, give me the Royals. Royals. I'll take the Royals as well, Chuck. What do you think? Really? I'm going with the Cubs in this series. They're actually playing well right now. Uh, They've actually – the connection there with Arkansas is Taylor McGregor, uh, who's an Arkansas grad, is their sideline reporter and TV reporter there. She does a great job. For the Cubs? For the Cubs, yes.
0: You know, Drew Smiley pitches for him. I I checked. He he doesn't – he's not starting this weekend. They've gone into this deal where, like – you know, Smiley pitches like one or two innings early, or they go to another guy for an inning, and then bring Smiley in. He may pitch this weekend. He's just not going to start.
2: No. Sean, what do you think? Oh, you're I'm going to take the Royals. Gonna take the Royals. Oh yeah. All right. Hell I'm going to that one. Yeah. A lot of Royals picks in this one. Listen, when you're betting on the Royals, it's not always the, uh, Jeez, the smartest <laughs> money, but it's close to home. We're provincial. To home. We're, we're like college football, Chuck. Yeah. We're
3: provincial. It's right here. It's <laughs> right in our back door.
0: All right. Got to stay close to home. You guys, you guys are Pac-12 people. You <laughs> yeah. guys like the 12 man. Well, there's the so much more. Like, the... the Royals are like the lowest team in the Pac-12. Right? Well, so they're doing they're right, yeah. <laughs>
2: So they're stay. Hey, we want we, to. We, we won a World yeah. Series less than a decade ago.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we. Big role. Hey, were you on, you on the team? You on the team? You get a ring? Yeah. Well, I was there when it oh, okay. happened. Oh, No, I was well, there Well, Then lost. you had a lot to do with it then. Yeah. You had a lot to do with it then if you were there.
2: Chris Kowinski now joins us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. And Chris, I really appreciate the time. And if I listen, my, my boss is laughing right now. So if I butchered last name, I tried to say it oh, 10 times the
1: before. One. You did work on that.
2: I, I, and I still failed epically. So I appreciate you making some time for us, even with the horrid introduction. Um, if, if you could just kind of treetop to our listeners what happened in Missouri this week with the, the NIL change that happened with coaches and high school players.
4: Yeah, I think so. the most interesting thing about it, first off, don't worry about my last name. You're not the first, and you're definitely not gonna be the last. It's the uh, occupational hazard that comes with it. Um, but uh, I, I think that the most interesting thing about it um, is that this has just been in the making for a while. This is something that's been talked about um, throughout the summer. This is something that's been in the works for uh, a better part of a year. I'd probably say even further than that. And, and we're starting to see the, I guess, the fruitions the of that, especially this past week with Missouri landing a five-star uh, prospect out of, out of Kansas City area and Williams-to-one area. I mean, um, you're, you're talking about uh, changes to a law that we don't know if that'll stay that way, but right now it's really majorly benefiting Missouri athletes.
0: How is it benefiting? Kind of break this down for us. Just, we've we've heard about high school athletes being able to, you know, profit off their NIL and how that's benefiting Mizzou. Kind of walk us through that for those who are, you know, on the outside looking in.
4: Absolutely. um, What it comes down to is we all know what NIL is now. It's allowing them to benefit off their own name, image, likeness, everything about themselves as an athlete and obviously that was monumental when that that really occurred and when that was passed in law in 2000 or i think it was 2021 uh but now in missouri nil athletes can start benefiting off that and kind of make their money and kind of start making that profit as soon as they sign and uh the national letter of intent as long as you sign with with the school in missouri and you're a missouri state athlete you can start making NIL money with your Missouri school. And it's only if you're a Missouri resident. You, know, you have to be a Missouri uh, in-state going to an in-state school. You can't go from you know one school to outside or outside coming in and vice versa or anything like that. You have to be very much so a Missouri resident going to a Missouri school.
0: So I want to make sure I understand this. If I'm a Missouri resident and I sign a national letter of intent, with an in-state school, I can begin to collect money from their collective. Like if I sign with Mizzou, like you know, this player apparently is going to do, he can begin to get money from that collective. Is that how it works? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, okay. All right. Right away, I just, yeah. I I I just wanted to make sure I understood where the money was coming from.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's. It's something I know It's probably going to be continuously hashed out. I know there's a lot of different, uh, I would say words, uh, I would say a lot of different discussions. Cause I remember even when this was beginning to be announced in discussions with the athletic department, uh, when the releases were coming out, I mean, I was calling people and talking to them like, okay, like how do I describe this? You know, what are the words I should use? It, it's not easy to, it's really not easy to, figure this out. it's really not easy to even uh, comprehend just just simply it's like you really need to kind of sit down and think, okay, how does this impact compliance? How does it impact on a lot of different things? And I know the release that was sent out when this was announced in I think June, July it was very simple like it really was panned over by lawyers. it was panned over by Different people in compliance to make sure the, the verbs and the, the words used are all correct. He, and this is something that still is being, that even is really even evolving every single year. and NIL is, is still so confusing because it's not concrete yet and it's still changing. And I have a feeling that this law is going to still keep changing. So, is is Missouri
3: doing... Is this the first of its kind? Is there another state out there that's similar? As, as, or is Missouri the first state to pass anything that would allow a high school player to start uh, benefiting from NIL?
4: That I'm not too sure of. Um, I, I looked into that, and I couldn't find a an definitive answer. My my gut wants to say no, not, but um, I, I don't know exactly for sure.
3: So... Obviously there's two major cities the, the, the two biggest cities in the state also border other states Kansas City and St. Louis. Um what what problems can you see with you've got a high school kid that's just on the other side of St. Louis on the Illinois side or on the Kansas side of Kansas City what kind of issues do you think this is going to create in prep sports and where where people may ultimately end up choosing to to play their high school sports at
4: Yeah, I, I think it just comes down to that I guess the unregulated part. You want to talk about um, some of the issues with high school sports nowadays, where, where kids can transfer to go where they want to play, where they want to put themselves in a better position, um, and obviously, if they're moving from one position to another to benefit themselves and to get out of a situation that you know leads them to ultimately uh, a better athletic experience. That's one thing, but I mean, if you're talking about moving. To then start benefiting and that kind of stuff it, it's it's just a different conversation where you kind of have to sit back and say okay like, well is this you know, is this for the right reasons and um and you could probably see that like, you could well, i'm not sure if this has happened because this is a relatively new law, but like you just mentioned like you might see a bunch of transfers going from one part of the border across the other side because of stuff like this and um i don't know if it's happened i don't know if it will happen uh frankly like um there's been plenty of high school movement regardless of this law but i i think when you kind of integrate this right now you're starting to think of well you know there's nothing to regulate it so what's going to happen then i think it's just kind of the next step of this law kind of Brings you to that step, which is you know, well, we'll how do you regulate something? Which is um, honestly, I, it, it's just hard to regulate. Period.
2: Chris, do you think bordering states act on this soon and follow through, similar to what Missouri has done this week?
4: Oh my goodness, uh, it's I, I I don't know about soon, but I can probably tell you that other states are kind of watching and see what happens. Absolutely, uh um, and I think when, you, when it comes to making a big splash like landing a five-star recruit, that's not something you can really ignore. And it's, um, when it comes to NIL, nowadays, I mean, you're talking about one thing that's starting to level the playing field. I mean, um, two years ago, Luther Burden was the third best recruit, or was the season, the second best recruit that he ever landed at, at, um, at, the, at the program. He was a five-star player. Um, behind I think Doyle Green Beckham Junior Junior and now when you ran Williams Blumentary, who's now the second overall player, bumps Luther Burden down the spot. Um, and you have to wonder how much of an know how much of an was a factor in this recruitment. You kinda of think, yeah, probably probably good chunk. That's how you level the playing field nowadays against um, Oklahoma, against Georgia, against Alabama and um, when it comes down to it, if that's how you can start landing players that can make a difference in your football team and your football field and ultimately your athletic department people are probably going to start taking over the bag
2: I think the other part of this is the coaching be able to walk through the negotiations, what kind of impact do you think that could have, I'm assuming for for Eli Drinkowitz and some of those other coaches on staff
4: uh, I think it, it's difficult because I don't know the specifics of that. So, like, I don't know how you negotiate those kinds of things. I don't know who's negotiating them, and, um, frankly, it's, um, probably something that's still up for debate, like I was telling you guys, like, this, this law may be pretty unique in, 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 of itself, where, um, uh, I don't know many, if at all, any other states are kind of doing it like this, or even if they have, uh, they're doing it they're starting on doing it at the sec level i don't think um it's, and it's kind of out there right now to where you don't really know, you know who's making the decisions who's talking about what but i do know it's heavily compliance i do know it's heavily panned over and um whoever's making those decisions and making those exceptions is is approved and they have to do it by the book or else you know the book is going to get thrown at you
3: all right, Chris Kwasinski joining us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Great insight on uh, what's going to be an ever changing world when it comes to NIL and high school sports. Chris, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, uh, good stuff there. And I guess the question uh, becomes. What, if anything, happens in the state of Arkansas? Chuck, you know, is Lance Taylor and the Arkansas Activities Association in conversations with state legislatures? Uh, What happens within our state at some point? Or or do we keep status quo where NIL is not part of the equation with
0: our high school athletes? Well, my first reaction is somebody's got to save us from ourselves. I mean, we've lost our minds in terms of what we're doing and what we're allowing to happen. My understanding of what a lot of this national legislation regarding NIL is about is keeping these collectives, for lack of a better way to put it, from being used as recruiting inducements, basically buying players on the front end. Um, That's going to be, and seems to be, a real focus in terms of this national legislation. I can't help but believe that what they're doing just flies in the face of that. Um, You know, when you talk about leveling the playing field, my goodness, I mean, are we depending upon our state legislatures? to level the playing field for us? I mean come on. Now from the government you know, and I'm here to help you. <laughs> uh, well but my point is 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 that's 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 not leveling the playing field. That's that's getting a competitive advantage. That's that's there, there, there there's nothing level about that. So again we we we've got to stop thinking provincially on this or it's never going to be resolved. We've got to quit talking out of both sides of our mouths on this. Um this is not good. The idea that... It's just crazy. But, you know, um, we'll see if the law stands up, number one. We'll see if there's any kind of national legislation that would uh, um, usurp that. I don't know that there will be or not. I have no idea. But I know that that's, um, you know, whether it helps Mizzou, whether it helps Missouri State, whether it helps anybody. That's just nuts. So last year... In the SEC West, LSU got to Atlanta
2: with a six and two conference record. Like the Tigers, Alabama had a six and two conference record, but of course, losing LSU and Baton Rouge, they were not able to advance. When we talked about the SEC West at media days, I mean, kept like I felt like we kept coming back to how close three and seven are. I think there's an idea that Alabama and LSU are, are neck and neck and right there. One's going to usurp the other to get to Atlanta. And then, that's a big word. You, you borrowed that from Chuck? Yeah, I did, 100%. <laughs> uh, and then three for seven is is going to be really close. There was a wide yeah. variety of opinions of who's going to end up on that. I, I'm pretty high on Auburn this year. I think they're going to surprise the people win a game or two. But, guys, could we see another year where the SEC West – Division leader that gets to Atlanta has two conference losses, like we saw last year. I think there's a great chance of that happening, and I think that it's favors possible. Arkansas. I think it absolutely favors Arkansas,
0: and that it favors the team with only two losses. Doesn't favor the team with three. Um, look, uh, yeah, I think it's very possible that the West winner could be six and two. I think that's very possible. I don't think it favors anybody necessarily. I think if you know if you've got a six and two team, you got a boy, you got a tough division. And it means that you're going to have teams beating other teams that, you know, maybe you didn't think it was going to go that way at the start of the game. But I don't think it benefits Arkansas more than anybody else. But I wouldn't argue that you might have a team from the West go 6-2 and two and still get to the championship game.
2: The reason I say it benefits Arkansas is because Arkansas is much more likely to finish 6-2 and two than they would 8-0 or 7-1. And, and you could potentially have that tiebreaker. Now, I know we go back Depends to 6-6 and six last year at that well, point. But that's what – and it's the same team with the twelve team. Playoff? Why do you want a 12-team playoff instead of a 14-playoff? Because there's no way in heck Arkansas is getting a 14-playoff. But you let's, could possibly see yourself getting to a 12-team playoff.
0: Let's that's the to, difference. Y- yeah, yeah, but you're 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 jumping from point A to point B. I, I mean, um, let's let's you know we're sitting here talking about does a 12-team playoff benefit Arkansas? That, that's not a relevant discussion right now. Um, it was two years ago. Let's get to the point. <laughs> Let's get to the point. No, I'm not getting into that. But you were not going to get into the playoff at eight and four. That was not going to happen. But uh, um, you know, to say it benefits Arkansas more than it benefits LSU or Ole Miss or Mississippi State or anybody else. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. If you want to say that, I mean, that's that's fine. But you better go win games. If you're going to win six. If you're going to go six and two, you better go win games.
3: Here's who I think it benefits, is Georgia. Because I would expect Georgia to come into that championship game undefeated, right? So if Georgia loses and it's their first loss to a team that lost two, that won, I mean, you're not going to leave the SEC champ completely out of the mix. Georgia's not going to be left out as a one-loss team. I think if you have a bloodbath in the West, it benefits Georgia probably more than anybody because if they end up losing in the SEC championship game, I don't think it's as costly as it might be if uh, if you had two undefeated teams or two one-loss teams.
0: I'm, I'm not ready to concede everything to Georgia. The way everybody else did. I want to see how they handle all the things that come with trying to do it again. Um, I think if Georgia stumbles, they'll speed that right through it. They'll just beat right through it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, you may be right, and if you played it all on paper, yeah, you'd be right. But I think there are a lot of intangibles at play with the Georgia
2: Bulldogs this year. I'll put it that way. Watch out when they go to Knoxville, Tennessee, and when they go to Jordan Air
0: Stadium. Yeah, they may lose before then.
3: See, I thought I thought Ty had his ger- his Georgia jersey on this morning when he was driving. I don't know party. why
0: Ty keeps talking about Alabama. He's got him down for three losses. I don't yeah, even know why we're talking true. about it. two conference losses, one non-conference loss, which could oh. still get them
2: to Atlanta. That's, okay. I've said I've stated oh. that. You, you've, you've told
0: you've told the story about eight different ways. Yeah, no, you've, you've, you've the, stated several scenarios. To, I was gonna say I presented you've, you've, you talked him into four that, losses on one show. I presented good. a couple
2: different ideas, and then I've been pretty <laughs> definitive of the you idea have, that we're going to lose they, they, to LSU. Were, at one point, you had them at 75. you heads up your ass. No. I presented well, the well, idea well, that, that it's LSU crude. To, t- crude. To, to, to LSU, Arkansas, and Texas. I've been very definitive on that for oh, about a okay. month now. All right, so, sport.
3: Yeah. We shall see. We shall I hope. see.
2: I mean I don't know why y'all want them to get back to an SEC championship. It, nobody blows, said they it blows my to. mind. Y'all are just nobody like y'all are bowing no, up the knee of Nick oh, okay. and It, it blows right. my mind. I want to beat these guys. It's it's almost like y'all don't even well, want to beat them. We'll go to the Bet Saracen app.
3: I'm with you. I uh, we'll go to the Bet Saracen app see if we can get some odds on your uh, Bet your the Under three.
2: Alabama's wins.